0: Welcome to the Level Up Artists Podcast, where we demystify the creative process and exchange ideas with career-minded artists. We are your friends, Adriana and Mae, and Jackie Sanders, We're two emerging artists sharing for the advice and business lessons we have learned along our journey. So, if you're not already, please go ahead and subscribe. This will help other creatives like you find our podcast, and you will be notified when we launch new episode every Tuesday. And on today's episode, if you are watching this on YouTube, you may see this little different setup than normal. We are back in Adriana's art studio, going to be talking about what she has been up to and recent exciting news that she has been tackling behind the scenes of the podcast. So Adriana, thank you so much for having me (laughs) in your space today. It feels so nice to record in person rather than through a computer screen. I know it does. Uh, it's, it's been a while since we've done one of these Canada behind the scenes type studio updates, so we figured it was, uh, it was, time. it was time. Um, so I guess first things first is I did just recently move studios, which was huge. Yes. So huge. if our listeners know, we both have community facing studios in downtown Raleigh, both in the same building, but typically, or in the past, Adriana's studio was two studios away from me. Now she's down the hall, still walking distance. So I still get a walk past every day, see her painting. She knocks on my window, but you have a <laughs> studio all to yourself now, which is so exciting. I, I know, I do. And it's also the location of it. It's just amazing. So yeah. my favorite studio, which of course I will always love and adore. And also, having an amazing studio mate with me, Barb. Um, but where it was located, it was actually behind another studio and yeah. down a different hallway. So even some people that, you know, were trying to find me could not find me. So that was always the challenge. <laughs> the dungeon. <And>, yes, yeah, <laughs> or the cave, yeah. And now I'm, I like to think of it, now I'm on Main Avenue, on the main thoroughfare. Um, in fact, now it's located for those of you that are local that are listening. Yeah. If you come to our space and you're on the second floor, now I'm right in front of the gallery that's upstairs, the gallery space. So that's amazing. So visibility-wise, it's so much easier for people to find me. Um, I will say there is a little bit of a difference in terms of privacy in a way, which yeah. you've already, actually, since you came in, you've always had a big window on the main quote-unquote avenue, so people can see you while you're working. It shifts your creative space and your creative practice so much, which I think is, we've talked about a little bit and having like, a public facing studio in general, the fact that like the community can come into your space. Yes. But especially having one on like the main walkway strip. When so you're saying <laughs> visibility wise, exposure wise, talking to collectors, talking to feature collectors, gathering email addresses are all huge benefits. But then you also you're working <laughs> Super focused in a painting, and either someone comes in, or you feel feel eyeballs in the back of your head. Oh like, yes, you do. Whoa. Yes, okay. Do. So <laughs> and some people do tap on the glass, and you're just like in the middle what? of the strokes, like. What? Oh, yeah. oh. Okay. Okay. It definitely <laughs> changes it, and so you're probably feeling that a lot more now because you have a window almost the length of her room. You guys can't see it now, but yeah, you one go of to my her walls. Instagram and go check out pictures of your new space. That yeah yeah absolutely so it's like almost one of my walls is a window that leaps the hallway and one of my other walls is actually a window of you know towards the, the outdoors. outdoors so nice but like being on a second floor you don't feel peered in except there are people across the street but i'm not worried about them or looking up through the window but i'm not worried about them it's more like people that do this number for those of you listening you know about the whole cupping your hands around your face looking yeah that, if the door's closed it's the um yeah. but way my setup is now I can see them off the side as opposed to where I was before Um, if somebody walked in and say the door was only cracked open not fully open and they walked in and I is more of a large rectangle than the other one. There are a lot of walls in the middle of the space, yep. just being a different space in general, bigger space. There were walls within the room to divide yep. it up and display it on, which is awesome. But yeah, there also were a lot of blind spots. I remember remember several evenings I would come and we'd be like, Okay, we're both gonna paint until seven o'clock and then let's go get food. And she would be like dancing in her studio, painting, living her best life. And I'd be like, I don't know how to get your attention without living like Scaring you to death. Because I'm like, hi, hello. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how to do it with besides like throwing something. I don't know. That would be scary. too I'm glad A paintbrush <laughs> on the floor. But yeah. <laughs> you need a bat signal. Truly a bat cave signal. That, and that even that could be startling. Yeah. Right now, so, but I think the main thing was because that one was and again behind another studio with a tiny yeah. little hallway even from the perspective of other artists that are here, they didn't necessarily remember to go back that way. And it's not just my studio, there's other studios there. Um, Versus like knowing, okay, maybe I'm dancing while I'm painting, so to speak, but the chances of being seen are much smaller. Where I am now, not only is it the main thoroughfare, there's actually a possibility the administrative staff of the building who are on the third floor kind of walkway situation can look down. Not super specific, but they can kind of see if, um, up to no good yeah so so. (laughs) yeah so that's definitely been a huge shift i know you've mentioned to me since moving into this space what else has been different of course like we mentioned it's a solo studio versus a shared studio Mm -hmm. you have total control over how you want the space to be yep which honestly made some of the decisions way harder because it meant i have a thousand decisions oh interesting see i would say i would think you would say easier because then you have full control it's less of having to ask someone else, but that's fair because I feel like having too much control as creative as we know, sometimes <laughs> it's a nice thing giving a prompt or like rules and parameters that yeah. you have to stay in between. Or you're splitting walls. So you don't have to make hanging decisions on as many walls, yeah. only on the ones you're hanging on. Right. So it turned into that. And then the other thing that's been, you know, a fun challenge, right? Uh, both fun and challenging. (laughs) Even though it's bigger than my half of my old studio, the layout is completely different. So from a storage perspective, I actually had to give up a lot in terms of storage Um, because some things just don't fit here. Some of my storage shelves and solutions. So there's been a lot of curation of, okay, what can I use that's modular? Almost everything has wheels. Thank goodness. That was very helpful with moving. That was, it. yeah, you were one of the people that helped me out that fateful day. Um, <laughs> we're strolling things up and down the hallway and having a card. Yeah. Car. Um, but that was helpful. But then it becomes that curation challenge of okay, what do I actually need for my creative practice? Because I do use a lot of materials, I use a lot of different paints in what I create. Um, a lot of it has to do with my creative process and generating ideas mm-hmm. and. You know, if I'm doing warm ups and things like that, I may not necessarily be grabbing the high end paints that's going to go on, you know, the layers or the more important layers of my painting. I might be grabbing something else that I don't know that I found somewhere, didn't really care for it, but it's going to go in the background. So who cares? Well, that still takes space, and yeah. I'm not going to use golden or Liquitex right just for playing around. I don't know. That's just not my jam. It's, we we feel like. Just, yeah uh, but it can't be as free so you have different tools and different materials for different phases of your process and different applications of, like even different products exactly. so i mean there are different benefits so that's why there are so many amazing materials to choose from whether you need to be more weather resistant or more whatever like more the texture or yeah the, glossies, the Everything has its benefits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly so the challenge became okay how many of these different materials that i used or references which like for example books I was like okay this is a non-negotiable my <laughs> art books need to be here yeah like, no. but, just <laughs> but it became that challenge of like okay what can I actually go home or what can I sell or what can I donate to another artist yeah so that's an exchange yeah doing some sort of exchange so that's been a big one how can I fit some of the equipment that I specifically bought for my studio practice, like where does my easel go? I have a metal canvas card that like weighs like oof, like a small elephant. Um, but it holds lots of elephants. <laughs> it holds over forty paintings. So it's like it's non negotiable. It. It but yeah. it's it's that's that versus job. building something out of wood, but then when I move studios eventually, I'd have to leave it behind anyway, it's that whole challenge. <laughs> I'll say one of the best and most exciting things that I did get, it's a table that's meant for sewing um okay and it's three feet right here not that you can see it but it's okay um it's basically when it's fully open it's three feet uh 36 inches by about 60 inches i believe um but when it folds down it's only 36 by 12. it has wheels and i can work on it if i'm doing admin work so i can stand at it almost use it like a stand-up desk um mixing paints is very easy on it because it's at a great standing height but I can also have my studio stool and sit down on it if I need to. Um, but then when things, we have events like First Friday, which you've probably heard us talk about before, once a month, you know, more more uh, volume of people coming in through the doors, then it folds away and I can slap it against the wall and it, it just opens up so much wall space. Yeah, and it's that perfect like side table up against the wall so you can put a little plant on it, put a newsletter sign up, and then call mm-hmm. it a day without not actually impeding Traffic or like doesn't take up a lot of space. Exactly, really nice. It is. I didn't realize it was for sewing. Yeah, yeah, it's meant for sewing apparently, Um, or at least that's the main intent of the company that created it. But it actually works perfect for art and our applications where it's like, okay, now it's time. There's an event. There's going to be more foot traffic. You know, folded down. It has like the leaves that fold down. Put it away. Yeah. Um, and it has baskets in it. I mean, it's it's cool. That's awesome, and I feel like that's a common trend with like art studio spaces in general but especially when you're moving spaces of like thinking about the things that you normally look at in a more creative lens like if this was marketed as a sewing table so some people may not even think to look in that section of the store or to search for that but like i always love going into like lowe's hardware and like going down different aisles and like how can i apply this into a painting into an art product into a storage solution like using those big hollow doors that are in the door section like next to the front doors but it's like six or seven feet long Mm -hmm. by three feet deep and it makes an awesome desk if you just support it with two by fours yeah it makes awesome storage but you would never like a table that size would cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars and so thinking about like your materials more creatively is super awesome especially when you're moving because like this is how I use this bookshelf in the old studio. Do you want to simply copy paste it in the new <laughs> one, or is this what used to hold artwork? Is this now going to hold bins with art supplies? Yep. Like and rethinking everything. That's exactly what is like them. so exciting, but also so overwhelming. It is very <laughs> overwhelming, which is like I'm glad that there's been an overlap in terms of the yeah. yeah. It's not like I had to make these decisions in a week. I've had several weeks to be able to overlap double rent, different stories, and not just move. Just moving down good. the hall too. It's SPO not like you had to like is. pack it up into the car and then you take could, it somewhere. Yeah, you could there. truly like pick up a shelf off the wall and carry it with the bottles of paint still on it. like great this is your new home now exactly that makes a lot easier yeah and I have like this red folding card meant for camping see there we go multi-purpose everything um (laughs) everything's up for grabs if you're an artist yeah pretty much I can use anything anything. yeah we're (laughs) adaptable we're (laughs) we're always evolving um but it turned into like I would do little excursions I would wait usually when there's not too many artists in the building you could hear that thing rattling (laughs) on our wood floor But I would just take my little red cart, go down the hallway, grab things from my other studio, dump them in the cart and then come back and find them at home. And but a lot of it, yeah, it was a lot of Marie Kondo style with a lot of things of like, okay, does this spark joy? Do I actually need it or is it nice to have? Or is this paint color that like I like in theory and one day maybe I'll hopefully use it, but I actually haven't used it in like a year? Or is this truly one of the core materials it needs to be in hands reach at all times it needs to be on the active painting cart not in storage exactly it, like really makes you reassess everything every tool every color every material and even just like the workflow of the space too because you oh, definitely made a huge difference you definitely were very intentional with the space which i very much appreciate <laughs> because as our listeners know and fellow artists friends like i'm very much influenced by the spaces that i work in and i need like my stations and i need the workflow and i love having things organized so you were very intentional with that coming in and having active working space but also storage too. yeah i wanted that division too so that's something that was challenging and not necessarily pre-existing in the space when i moved in so the previous uh, artist that had the space had it very open yeah completely open also in terms of material um, from what I could gleam, it didn't seem like she used as much as I do. <laughs> like, I mean, it's no joke when they, you know, Jackie likes to joke I have an art store in here. Yeah, it sounds about yeah. right. <laughs> I do use, I have a lot of different brands of mediums and even paint colors and things that I use in my practice books. Yeah. All kinds of things um at a hardware store yeah That's the other cool. artists had That's a, a very curated materials from what we could tell from what we could she like i very fine-tuned her style and her like the content and of exactly what we were making. making yeah it probably felt like it probably fit in a small box yeah most of her paints whereas mine i need shelves so one thing coming into the space that was a challenge i was like wait this is just one open box which yeah. is great <laughs> But where am I going to put all my stuff right and without cluttering the view of that potential collector or visitor yeah. they see basically I mean it's okay don't get me wrong this is something that you know one of our fellow artists does all the time too this is a working studio not a gallery right so you can see the materials and that is part of the process and in fact a lot of people find it I think even more fascinating yeah and that's mm-hmm. one of the cool things like about this art space where we both had studios, is that's what the purpose of it is, is to both see artwork, but also get to meet the artist behind the artwork and see the spaces in which these pieces were created. Exactly. So like it, it is. is a working studio. However, you also <laughs> want to make sure like for events, like first Friday, or if we have a specific concert going on or an exhibition that's opening that like, you can clean up the studios, so mm-hmm. to speak, put the best foot presentation-wise forward and that you don't have anything that's like a huge eyesore that's distracting from the work itself. So it definitely is a balancing a function of like you want to be functional as a working studio and not inhibiting your creative process but <laughs> you also want to have a heightened customer experience exactly. and a visitor experience to where they can actually experience the painting and not just remember the like pile of scrap paper in the corner, like from the overflowing (laughs) trash can. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's not do that. Which you know, again, to each their own. There's all kinds of studios and all kinds of artists' organization systems, if we can kindly call them that. Yeah, but yeah, that turned into part of the challenge. So I wanted to repeat a little bit, a little bit of what was in my previous studio, in taking, like, making somewhat of that division between storage area versus working area versus display area. Yeah. So those that are watching the video version of this, the back behind us is the display area, AKA the gallery walls, if I yeah. could call them that. Um, on the opposite end that you can't see of the screen, is my working area. So that's where my big easel is at. I think 10-footers. I think it's kind of big. Um, but that's the working area. That's where I have like a drop cloth tacked onto the bottom, you know, to the yeah. floor just in case of spills and there's more of my paint supplies. But then I got really lucky in the space that there was actually a movable wall that was hidden behind. It looked like it was hidden behind another wall. Turns out we were able to move it and create that additional separation Yeah. so that I could put shelving behind it. So, can a visitor see it? Of course, there's nothing stopping them from like peeking out the back, but if they're looking at my gallery area, my display area, I can't see it's it. not distracting. Yeah, so all these you know gallons of paint and canvases and all these things on the cart, they're on the other side, like you'd actually have to walk around, so that yeah. was definitely oh god it's been such a challenge yeah but um, also fun like, yeah it's fun reorganizing and stuff, it's so. definitely like a big puzzle too which i think back to back when we both had either other studios or even like home studios mm-hmm. i feel like whether you have a community-facing studio a public-facing studio a home studio a cart that you put up to your kitchen table mm-hmm. like you still need all of these elements you like you need a storage area yep. for extra supplies finished painting purely storage, you need a functional area to, okay, where's the most used supplies, things you need to have on your fingertips when you're in your creative zone, but then also a display area. And so if you have a home studio, this may be a single wall, and maybe a Just cor- for it may be a corner that has a chair and a plant in it that like with a one hook above it that you keep replacing the paintings yeah. on. You almost think of that as the like Instagram photo like, yes. We're like, of course, the creative process is also beautiful. and You can make different photos. but It's nice having one place where you can hey I'm going to hang this painting up, take a quick, clean photo, and that takes into account the element- or lights and all those different things. But those, I think, are the three main things you have to consider. Yes. Or main stations. Oh, yeah. and let's not forget cleanup. Yeah, you also need cleanup area. So that was the other part, like yes. the setup <laughs> or the cleaning. You know storage areas like a different thing different set of shelvings and counter space it was also yeah like how you're going to clean things. your materials how you're going to dry them where like where are your brushes going to dry exactly. after you just did an intense painting session exactly. oh and where were my plants gonna go that's an important <laughs> point for me too it was kind of like i have some that are suffering a little bit because they're on the windowsill and before they got a little more indirect light and now the different side it's of the very clothing, direct so light some of them are getting a little crispy yeah but that's okay <laughs> that's that's all part of it and almost they like the ones that put on the winter saw are the ones that if you don't survive i'm okay but Aww. the precious ones <laughs> i know it sounds mean, but the precious ones get in direct light and that's they're fair. happy and they're moving. i have a few like decisions. that you're way better with plants than i am small side tangent <laughs> you're way better with plants than i am you have like that whole knowledge and i'm like i remember i was on vacation one time and age i was like hey do you want me to water your plants and i'm like Literally that didn't even cross my mind as a concern in my brain. I'm like, next time I'm in there, maybe if I remember, I'll have died. Like literally I was gone for like two, three weeks. But I definitely have some too, where like it looks really cute on my windowsill. I got like this little figurine man and like I pour my coffee over there and it's beautiful. But I'm like, there's definitely days where I have to like bring it into my studio. Like I'm like come in the shade little sweetheart. Like you can come over while I'm painting and join me in the studio they so you don't crisp up too much. Exactly, exactly. So that's, that's the other part of it, of course. I mean, this is like the, the cherry on top part. of Yeah, the that's the fun sprinkle part. Like, it is, like little decorative pieces, <laughs> like some of my plants got brand new pots to them or they got switched around what pot they're in, what, you know, what yeah. planner they were in. So that's part of the cute, fun part of it too um so yeah it's been it's taken me some time to kind of get the rhythm i think what helped me was in my previous studio i already had an idea that i was moving as soon as there was an available solo stage so one thing i did do kind of to train myself yeah in advance, so was smart i moved some of my easel cards with paints and things like that towards the corner of that studio mm-hmm. almost like Um, mimicking, I was like, what if where I move next is very limited, what is the minimum amount of space that I need to create paintings that are, say, like, four feet, right? And it was kind of like, what would that setup look like? So I kind of practiced that in advance of even moving. Yeah, like giving Um, yourself parameters of, like, what would this workflow look like, feel like, before committing to the smaller space? Yeah. Because that's huge, too. there I may be know, instances where you're like, maybe you truly could not have made it work. Where like you need X amount of big space, exactly, and or the opposite. Maybe you think you need this huge space, and you're paying, I don't know, triple in rent or whatever, or whatever allocated home studio space. I need this entire room. And you're like, I actually only realistically need it's this a half or this quarter of it. So understanding those parameters and like. Pushing yourself one way or the other is yeah. really smart. It was definitely practice of like, can I make it work? Because at the time, I knew that when my lease term was over, mm-hmm. I was moving into a studio. And sharing a studio has been awesome, don't get me wrong. Um, but I was at that point of like, I'm bursting at the seams and I want to set it up a little bit different um, and have that freedom to change this power column whenever I want, which nothing wrong with that. But it did turn into, I don't, and I didn't know at the time what studio space was going to actually become available, whether it was going to be bigger than my half of where mm-hmm. I was before, or if it was going to be smaller. Was it going to be like long and narrow? Was it going to be a big square? Was it going to be like yeah. angles? I, don't know. I had no idea. And I actually got lucky that the person that was in the studio I'm in now moved out early to move to another studio space in another building. Um, so it actually worked out. I did have first rights of refusal, so I was able to move in thank goodness. Um, and the setup, it's a beautiful space, beautiful window. I have to be by the light. I'm one of those people. So I'm like, <laughs> it has great light in it. and great energy in it. So it worked out. Yeah. It worked out, but whew, in the middle of all of this, of course, five billion projects, of course, but part of what I've been working on as well is a new series. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cause mm-hmm. why not? So, if you're on the YouTube video right now, you can see a handful of the paintings behind us, or corners of them, but definitely go to Adriana's Instagram if you're listening to this in real time, nice. then <coughs> Art on my Instagram. <laughs> um And yeah, she's been crushing it from the painting standpoint. It's like all of these things, definitely the, they're all under through. pressure. Yep, all paintings since the beginning of the year. So, why don't you go ahead and So, one, you started with a 30-day challenge, right? Mm -hmm. 31 paintings in 31 31 days. 31 paintings in 31 days, which you've done before. And so, I feel like that is what really kicked it off and you just didn't stop. (laughs) Which you tend to have the momentum to do. (laughs) Well, it's been challenging because, okay, so I have this goal. We've talked about this in the past, but in case it's the first time you've been hearing our podcast. I have this goal. I'm sure you've all heard this you know, there's no shortcut to technical, I guess that's the way some people put it. But in in painting terms, you're gonna make 99 not so great paintings before you make a good one. And obviously as you move through your career, that number shrinks how many you gotta do that are okay before you get to that really good one that you fall in love with. So I have this belief that I just have have to it's proven. Just Never make mind. more paintings more time. Yes, you have to time. make more. There's no yeah. shortcut. You have to make more. That's how you evolve. There's, you just got to keep going. So I have this um, self-imposed challenge, if you will. Oh, challenge? No. Discipline. Actually, it's yeah. discipline where I'm, I have a goal of making at least three paintings every week and they can be very small, like four by four fits in the palm of your hand or they can be four feet. In terms of my parameters, that's not the important thing. It's more how many um, I'm moving through and I'm working through as Mm -hmm. opposed to um, size, right? And then the other thing about it is when I say three, it's three finished. So whether they started in another month or six months ago or a year ago and they finished this month, I'm not that worried about it is how many did I finish this month where I had to shift from that right brain side for a moment go left brain and say is it done or is it not right is a different episode of course Mm -hmm. on when is the painting finished but essentially that shift from oh this was fun to more like okay can can i sign it can i like varnish it can i put the hanging hardware like is it ready to find its new home um and that is sometimes something that's easy for some creatives to procrastinate because we're in the fun part and then we get stuck and then it's hard to get to that last finishing, you know, crossing the finishing line. So that's part of my self and first, or my self discipline is to say I need to do that at least three times a week. Um, where I go through that process of yes. like, okay, we have to it's easy to start. We have to finish, right? So I did, if we do, if we do. I if we do. do was January, I didn't start January first, I started a few days later uh recovering from being sick. you know, anyway, that's a whole <laughs> different story. We're not the, going into that. The end of the new year. I feel like that was like a common theme this year. Oh, well it's like the first so week of the New Year's like doesn't count. Like not even from like a New Year's standpoint, but just like holiday recovery, yes. like social overload recovery to like holiday things and preparing. Yeah and like jokes. a lot of there was the open going studio on. time during that time too. And so just like total overload. And yeah, yeah and everyone just can like head colds and sicknesses. And it was a lot. lot. It was a lot. Yeah. So I started, I think, uh, first or maybe second week of January. Yeah. Middle of January. Yeah, give or take. And I just basically said, OK, I know this challenge. I've done it in the past where it was January 1st till January 31st, but this time I was like, I got to give myself some grace. It doesn't matter if I finish in February. What matters is can I do 31 paintings on 31 days? And it doesn't mean one per day necessarily. Some days I'll have the energy and the time to finish three but then there might be three days where I don't finish it.
1: Right, and then but you have, day. you
0: lay layers on other ones. Exactly, so. and kind of my goal was, I'm gonna take a lot of these paintings that over the years I've been creating, some of which I've never finished, this is my opportunity to bring them, which is awesome, again, to the easel, and basically say, okay, what do we have to do to finish you, or we're painting you over? Yeah. You know, like, it's a tough call, but it's like, you either work with a series that I was developing, which you know I started to work on, actually months ago but in terms of painting them i started this year 2022 yeah. so it became the question of like okay can i do it so i did get to the end of the 31 days i did have 31 paintings or 32 or 33 Anyway, so anyways <laughs> <time>. um, <laughs> and then i was like oh i love this energy i gotta keep going <laughs> do three a week and then of course i started moving studios and then i i have to go back and do my count and see how many yeah but it's so cool it's so cool too though like seeing it's like a new space and this new series that's definitely like in line style wise with previous work that you've done it's just like another iteration of it as a series should be like from a cohesive standpoint but i think it's also seeing new work in a new space it's just like this new beginning i feel like for you creatively and your creative process but then also like as a observer of it it's also really nice too because you then get to like show off this new series in a new space in a new space yeah and it's like when i started the series i wasn't thinking about moving to a new space either like this series some of the concept drawings or studies that i did for them um some of them are as old as two years and i had never actually painted them they just like in digital form or in a sketchbook digital sketches yeah yeah so it was very interesting that this coincided, you know, me like this they weren't ready to come to life yet. Yeah. they just needed some time. Yeah, and it, it, it's extra challenges too because it's like the other thing I was doing with this. It's called Visions in Color. Um, I share that part of it. It's called Visions in Color, and my previous series was calling Exploring Heritage, which have to do with my background, where I grew up, and kind of the fact that I'm mixed and from different races and different challenges they've gone you know, third time, and there's a little bit of heaviness to it, but also very positive and optimistic. So what I wanted to do with the series was kind of refine on that concept a little bit and just focus on like, basically the generation of joy, if you can call it that, sorry, if it sounds cliche, but there we go, oh, yeah. kind of like, can I bring a smile to myself and to someone else and whoever's watching it? And it's cheerful and it's playful and it's bright and it's energetic. And it's just like, it's just bubbly and popping and it's just Fun. Like, I just want them to be fun and full of music and movement and just yeah. like, woo, Like, yeah, that's the kind of like the energy I want to bring across, but as we do. As we do. Because we don't make things simple for ourselves. Ever. Why? Why would we? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some artists like find a style and then they do the same style over and over. No, I need to make it harder on myself because challenge That's it. Yeah. So part of what I decided to do with this one was kind of incorporate a bigger range of colors than it had been so far, I tend to lean towards the cool colors of the spectrum, lots of blues, lots of greens, um, corals and magensas and like purpley colors, and this time the challenge was can I incorporate more yellow and orange? Yellow so, and orange! Oh, uh, yes! yes. <laughs> but without making it look rainbow necessarily, Right. And again, nothing wrong with that, but it was kind of like, can I do it with my take on the palette, and what would that look like? And premixing some of the colors, like custom colors to go with the series. And um, yeah, it turned into, how can I refine the previous concept into this? But wait, there's more, of course. Without repeating any one given color more than maybe two times. So that for the painting to work, the values the shape the design of it the composition has to be done in such a way that your eye will still navigate but it's not dependent on the color and using one color of each thing or very limited versions instead of like oh i want you know red here, here 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 right throughout the painting instead red only goes on this spot, so once you settle with that, it's done, right? But totally, it has to read and navigate the eye in an appropriate way. Exactly, yeah. and have some shades of different colors that go with each other, and kind of like some gradient, almost saturation going on. Anyway, again, it get complicated. <laughs> again, the parameters that we put on ourselves, which if it's, there are other artists that are listening to this, these are things that sometimes you can share with the collector or not. Sometimes I feel like as artists, we have these like prompts that we set for ourselves. Sometimes they're relevant for the collector or the viewer to know. Sometimes they're not. And it really depends on the collector, it depends on the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, But it depends what kind of artist you are too. Right, and like we were saying earlier, we kind of like having parameters or like assignments, so to speak, of like what's every solution I can do for this problem. Mm -hmm. And here's a set of prompts, now make 50 paintings that solve this. Well, other artists, (laughs) Yeah. Other artists say like that reminds me way too much of school. I don't <laughs> want anyone to tell me what to do, including myself, because we do that to ourselves too. It's like I'm rebelling, rebel. I'm rebelling versus someone telling me what to do. And no like you're the one, thing one of each thing. you're the one telling yourself what to do. <laughs> Which, well, if you think about it, that's the parameter too. True, in a way. <laughs> it's like I'm actively to choose not to do my own assignment yeah yeah Take well, that. yeah <laughs> my only rule is to break the rules that's still a rule yeah. anyway but all that being said with like setting these parameters yeah. yeah and then it turned into okay using these new parameters can I do it where the painting can be non-representative or or and this sure. is part of the challenge using the same style and the same color or same process I should say and the same colors Can I also make something representative or somewhat that you can recognize using the same rules? Yeah. it's literally been like a puzzle piece. In fact, some of my paintings, people look at it and they're like, they kind of look like puzzle pieces. I'm like, that's right. They do. Um, Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Or like painted collage. They're like, did you cut it out and paste it? I'm like, no, that's paint. Everything's paint. Um, But it turned into, can I refine my style to such a point that using similar process, similar colors, and some similar parameters, my style can refine to a way that I can paint whatever I want. Right. And it can still hang next to each other, and there's no dissonance. The subject matter can change. Yeah. Or even what whether it's representative at all or not. Right. So I can have a landscape next to a flower, next to a raven, next to a cat. Next to a totally abstract, atmospheric-type painting. And they all go with each other. Like, that's the end goal that you're working for this is this has been my life story so to speak <laughs> i've always been into like can i like one of the one of the, the artists in history right that i look up to that i'm just like you know heart is one of my favorites is vincent um and for me Vincent, one of the things that i found exciting about him is later on in his career he got to a point where he could paint anything and you knew it was him he could paint a cat he could paint an orange he could paint a sky he could paint a flower it didn't matter Right. Process wise, he had honed it down to such a point that you didn't say, oh, Vincent is just a portrait artist. Right. He could do portraits, but that's not all he did. Yeah. And you could hang his work, right? Especially certain time periods. You could hang his work with all these different subjects. It was still him. Right. So that's been a challenge for me through my life of like, cause when I used to do this before, a flower, a cat, uh, a landscape. People would say, "Oh, how many people did that?" Yeah, like, and I, I feel like, together. yeah, like all artists go through that phase, especially in the beginning when you're trying out new styles, trying mm-hmm. out new mediums, taking lots of workshops, maybe in classes in person or and then just online like on workshop. YouTube. So they all look different, which is awesome. So like, home t- like in those skills. Yep. But yeah, you're right. Where it's like, okay, well, what are those? Like, those. These are Adriana May painting differentiators no matter what it's applied to then you'll know that it's cohesive and i feel like that's the one thing so many artists are searching for when it's like i need to find my style quote unquote and it takes a long time to get there yes it and does it just takes repetition and practice and, and a, lot a lot of painting a lot <laughs> of painting but also that evaluation too of making intentional either assignments for yourself mm-hmm. do i like this do i not like this and there's going to be a lot of times where either you set an assignment for yourself or someone else does, and you're like, I absolutely hate this. I'm miserable. <laughs> and you stop, maybe, what is a week challenge, a 30 day challenge? You're like, I hate this. I'm stopping. And a lot of artists make it as a failure. But, like, you're learning, well, what didn't you like about it? Was it a time restraint? Was it a subject matter restraint? I have Was it a, a little medium? Bit longer. Right. You're like, is this a creative block I need to push through? Or is there truly something that, like, you can then learn a one style that you don't like working in and why didn't you like that maybe that gives you a direction or a light towards why you want to work in this other style exactly. so being like also think like very conscious of your point of view in the experience what do you like what do you not like and trusting that which is super super difficult especially when you feel as though like oh well so-and-so told me I should be doing (laughs) this or my aunt Susie said this one thing is super popular so I have to or a professor true and it's it's definitely like learning that confidence of trusting your own voice and figuring out like why as cheesy as it sounds like why do you make art what's your purpose behind it is it a message that you're trying to share with the world and get out of you is it a message you want to share with other people is it in the that you really like and just want to be surrounded by. Are you process-oriented? Are you process-oriented? Like, is there a certain part of your process that like, right, yeah, yeah that, wouldn't be, that wouldn't be the same outcome of a painting without that part of the process, or, like that's your therapy aspect of it, um, which is, like a whole nother rabbit hole conversation. <laughs> but I think that's a huge thing of like, also having that filtering of what, like what do you want to be known for? And like, hey, what
1: visually, yes, yes, yes.
0: conceptually, yep. energy-wise, um and really just like leaning into that like what's the extreme version of that and i'm glad you brought that up because i'm big into the whole like okay legacy wise yeah what am i leaving behind which we talked about in the past we had an episode about documenting your work um so we covered some of that there but essentially like knowing what are your carry-through elements what are those things that distinguish what you do that you absolutely love that even if you didn't sell your paintings or didn't show them to anybody From a process perspective, I am definitely a process-oriented artist. There are certain things that I just do, and I have to do. And it's like once I fell in love with, you know, the way certain texture, of course, of (laughs) course we're going to texture. is one of my favorites, and color (laughs) mixing. Oh Jesus, I love color mixing. (laughs) So like certain things about color, certain things about the the tactile texture Mm -hmm. of the work, but then also, also another episode we talked about, about going big. yeah it's also like editing and modifying my process ever so slightly where it still feels like me without compromising Mm -hmm. what I want to do but also having that goal in mind of like how can I take these carry-through elements and if I wanted this concept this theme this design whatever you want to call it to end up on the side of a paint, like of a a building right a mural or something that gets printed out huge or Mm -hmm. on a product or whatever it is gets licensed out how can i make sure that i do it in such a way that it translates well for that too yeah so it's been a big 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 shift just kind of moving some things around of like okay the step of my process can i do it at stage you know if there were steps right whatever can i do this at step seven instead of step four um and just kind of moving that all around but anyway yeah. We definitely need to make an episode all about finding your style. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's definitely something we talk about a lot in our Love Love Artist membership with our members. We have weekly live calls and that always inevitably comes up on our Con- conversation. But yeah, we'll definitely add that to the list. Now that we've broken episode 50, we'll have an ongoing list of episode ideas. So if you guys have any other episode ideas, please let us know. You can find us both on social media as well as at Level Up Artists. But why don't you go ahead and show them or tell them where they can find you as <laughs> well as see all these beautiful pictures of you in the studio? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you can find my work at uh, amayart.com. Uh, and everything will be listed in the show notes, of course. Well. And on social media, my people is Ameyart as well. Awesome. And if you want to see my work, see my studio space, um, my website is www.jacquemstandard.com. And social media, I'm at Studio. So well, A, thank you so much for having us in the <laughs> studio today. I love it. It's so much fun recording. Absolutely thank you for having me. Oh, <laughs> God, of course, of <laughs> course. like today. Love it. Thank you. pretty much. It's been amazing. Thank you again, everybody. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, if you have any know Awesome. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye!